Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Well, I'm always ever so grateful to come to BH and count it a privilege to share God's word with you and uh, enjoy so much the growing friendship with Phil and with Anna and uh, others of you. And I do thank you where uh, I know you've expressed support in very practical ways as well as prayerful ways, and that is one of the key, key things. Let's pray, and then we'll have a look at this passage together. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we pray that your word today would stir us and challenge us and help us not just to see the big vision but to begin to have a heart and an appetite to explore more than ever before how we practically respond to this call. Lord, please help me as I speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to speak on the Great Commission, clearly you'll know from what I said earlier, it's almost like being given your favourite subject. But uh, one of the things that I think is ever so important is to just look into these verses and see exactly what's being said. One of the things about the Bible that's always encouraging is how absolutely forthright and honest it is. You know, if you or I were writing, we might think, oh, we're not going to put in that bit about some doubting. That sounds so negative and, and, and so difficult. You know, let's just say they were all rejoicing and they knew what was happening. Well, the Bible will not do that. And it tells us even at that moment, having witnessed the miracles of Jesus, having witnessed the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, there were still some who doubted. The word doubt means to look sort of in two directions at once. And you know you won't get across a road very well if you do that. But uh, basically, uh, this is what was going on. Now, it does say some. It doesn't say they all. But some were in a place of doubt. So if you and I, at times, in our lives, in our situation, seeking to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus, to do what he's telling us to do, if we have the collywobbles, if we feel a little bit uncertain... That's not new. That's not new. Jesus Christ, Almighty God, there he is on the mountain. There he is with these faithful people. And he knows that some of them still have their doubts and questions. But that isn't going to, he's not going to, oh well, maybe, maybe I better change. I, I was about to tell you about going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. Maybe I need to hold back because look, some of you are not ready. That isn't at all what Jesus did. And the difference is, Jesus can make us ready in a minute. You can feel absolutely unready, and then suddenly you make that step of faith, and you will find that the Lord is there for you. You're walking on water simply because you're doing what Jesus said. So it's not a great big step, necessarily. 
Inside, emotionally, it can feel like that to us. But look at the contrast. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. But different to those disciples who are doubting, isn't it? But that is the whole basis of mission, that we move under his authority, that we go where he sends, that we are trusting him, not ourselves. If we look at the size of what it means to try and win everybody for Christ in Hove, you would say, how can we do that? It's beyond us. How can we communicate to the variety of people, different backgrounds, ages? Well, all authority has been given to me, Jesus says. I'm in charge. I am the one who's going to go with you. And therefore, you just need to trust me and obey. That's essentially what you've got to do. All authority. That's a massive statement, isn't it? I mean, people obviously at the moment a bit concerned about President Trump and his great authority as the President of the uh, United States. And, uh, well, we know our Prime Minister, he went through a tough time. And when people are in government and uh, ruling in their particular sphere, we know some of them do wobble from time to time and, of course, sometimes they die. But we have one who will never abdicate. We have one who will never be voted out. We have one who is absolutely thoroughly sovereign, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he says, all authority is being given to me. So, if I was sent by the Queen, I guess that would be a great privilege. If I was sent by some president, I, I was once handed the keys of a city. Uh, unfortunately, she took them back after giving them to me for about an hour. But never mind. Uh, no, we are sent by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a backing that is. What resources are behind him. What inspiration is behind him. And of course, the most wonderful thing of all about being led by King Jesus is he's up front. He's there. He's done it. You know, those people who sometimes say, oh, I think you should do this and I think you should do that. You know, it can be, you're kind of thinking inside, but you haven't done it. But when Jesus says go, he came. He left heaven, he came to earth, he went out, he preached in so many different places, he healed the sick. Jesus came, he did it, and he's calling us to go. Go and make disciples. I think that's important because... What we're looking for, and I'm sure you're looking for with your Alpha, is this, we're looking for disciples. We do want people to make that first step of saying, I want the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and be my saviour. That's great. And whether that's a, a style of people coming forward in a meeting and standing at the front wanting to receive Jesus, whether it's in the quietness of their home, all sorts of ways that people can come. We do want people to take the first step. But the first step is a first step. The goal is not to get people coming to the front. It's not to get people even coming to church. The goal is to make disciples. People who will start to reflect the character and the heart and the gifts of Jesus. That's what we're looking for. And so, again, I, I know Phil and Anna know, and perhaps some of you others know, how... You can go into certain scenes and uh, you have to be careful because people might respond to everything. 
You know, you, you, you kind of blink and they're coming to the front for prayer. We know that that forward response, whatever, God knows the heart. And over the last 25 years, I have lost count, and I've not deliberately counted anyway, the number of people who profess faith in Christ. Even yesterday morning, I was preaching uh, to a group in Kenya, and at the end of the talk, gave the opportunity. And uh, my friend Moses from Basia said, yes, I, I say to him, is there anyone responding? Yes, he said, there is one responding. We thank God. But I don't know that the person who responded yesterday is actually yet a disciple. They've begun, they're on the road, but we're looking for disciples. One of the joys for me is going around to different places and going back to places and seeing people who I met many years ago. Some years ago, I went, I think about 1996, I went to Poland. And uh, I went to a place called Kowal. Now, if there's anyone Polish, you can tell me afterwards I've pronounced it wrong, because I normally do. But anyway, Colwell. And there we were in a church with Pastor Julian. And at the end of a meeting, we had this uh, opportunity again to encourage people to receive Christ. And there were two ladies who responded. And that was great. But I tell you, it was even greater to go back the year after. Are they here? Are they? Oh yes, there they are. They're still in the church. And years, years, years later, they're still in the church. They're still loving Jesus. That's exciting. It's great to come home and see that they have made a response, but it's even better for them to be walking. I remember again another situation uh, where Rashid was taking me in Pakistan. It, it was uh, pretty late at night, and we went into this sort of compound area. And as we were in this compound area... Uh, he said to me, there is a family here, and he said, preach the gospel, feed the sheep, tell them about Jesus. I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, here I am in Pakistan, and uh, when you get the visa, Islamic Republic of Pakistan and all of that, and uh, he's encouraging me to just boldly preach about Jesus. Well, I did. And uh, as we were talking, I'm sorry if some of you know the story, but <laughs> Elaine, of course, knows it very well. But uh, anyway, it, it, it was quite, quite amazing. Uh, the people gathered, they listened so carefully. And suddenly, there came in a man, and for all the world to me, he looked like a member of the Taliban. And he was pretty fearsome, uh, coming into the room, a big man, and he sat down and he also listened to the gospel. And at the end, I gave an invitation. I try not to give an invitation every time because you've got to sense what God is doing. Some people are not ready to come to Christ. So pushing people into a, a kind of a, oh yes, I'll pray the prayer, that, that doesn't work. God has got to be working in their lives. But what was happening was that clearly God was working in these lives. And I can remember seeing tears in the eyes of people and hands being raised to say, we want to follow Jesus. Very humbling, very, very exciting. But some years later, I was in Rashid's house and uh, there was a knock at the door. And the Taliban, well, he wasn't Taliban, but this man turns up. 
with his family. Oh, it's fantastic to see that they had not just professed faith in Jesus and they had gone their own way afterwards. They were disciples. They were walking with Jesus. And it was such a joy to see them. And so that's what we're looking for. We want to share the gospel. We want people to repent of their sin, to put their faith in the Lord Jesus as the only Saviour, to acknowledge that he is God and Lord of all. Yes, we do want that. But then for people to grow in their faith, to mature in their faith, to be able to still trust Jesus when their relatives are going through awful times. News, medical news coming that totally challenges and threatens stability And yet people say, but I trust in Jesus. These are the people whose testimony speaks far louder than words. Those, you know, Phil has been with people, I've been with people. uh, Just wonderful how they're ready to die. They'd love to be healed, but they're ready to die because they know they're going into the presence of Jesus. And people who will handle all sorts of situations but say, I love Jesus. I'm going to keep following him. Tears streaming down their face sometimes. That's reality. Jesus wept. But you can weep and still go forward. You can weep and still make disciples. You can weep weep and still be a good and strong disciple. Moving on quickly. Making disciples of all nations. That's just so important. One of the things I loved about a friend called Stephen Kaguru, uh, he was a Kenyan and he planted lots of churches, God had used him. But he always had a heart for those unreached people. Remember he used to tell me about a little tribe in, in Tanzania that was still sort of licking honey off a stick or something. And uh, yeah, all nations. One of the uh, blessings that God has given to Living Hope is helping us to go into very inhospitable parts where the roads don't exist. You see, some people just go to the big cities. Well, if God's called them to the big cities, that's fine. But we need to be willing to go anywhere, into the most remote places. My friend Aubrey, able to go into tiny villages. You'd never find them on a map. Even if you spelt the name correctly, you still wouldn't know where they were somewhere near Blantyre, but he goes. Jesus died for all the nations, the small nations, the larger nations, all colours, all backgrounds, all cultures. And I really believe that every church should have a heart for the nations. That doesn't mean we all go to everywhere. doesn't mean we support everything. You can't do that. You need to be Selective, you need to hear what God is saying. This is what I want you to do as part of the great kingdom work. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing, baptism, we all agree, is a key, key part of the Christian experience being sealed in Christ, committing our lives to Christ, confirming that in the context that you worship and love God or whether that is by immersion. The important thing is what's behind it. We are serious 
about following Jesus. It's not a game. It's not for a little while. It's for life. And then what does the word, God, the word of God say? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Ever so important that this is mentioned. One of the things that is unique about our faith in God is our belief in the Trinity. You talk to somebody from Islam about the Trinity, I've got a clue what you're talking about. If you talk to a Hindu, well, they may have a bit of an idea because they have so many gods, uh, you wouldn't have a clue which one that you start with. But we don't have three gods. We have one God expressed in Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And that is part of the Great Commission. We want people to enjoy the fatherhood of God. We want people to know the redemptive cleansing blood of Jesus to bring us to God, to bring us to life and to bring us to purpose. We want the Holy Spirit to fill us and empower us to be bold to tell others about Christ. Not three gods, one God expressed in three persons and we are called to encourage people to know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then finally, you have these words of Jesus, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To know that Jesus is with us makes all the difference. I've been in certain parts, certain places over the years, and uh, it's just so good to know that Jesus is with you. When you're served up breakfast, which is nothing like the breakfast you have at home, it's great to know that Jesus is with you. And when you're travelling on roads that are not really roads, it's good to know that Jesus is with you. He is right in the centre. And I think I said earlier, how good it is that we don't have a saviour who's kind of driving us out. Now, come on, what are we, where are you going next? You know, how many people have you won for Jesus this week? Uh, that is not our saviour. He is a loving, loving shepherd. And he leads us. And I finish by saying this. Let's never forget the value of one. I remember once preaching in India and they told me uh, a, a thousand or two came to Christ. Well, that, that was great. That was good. But I tell you, that little Taliban, Pakistan family, these people, those two ladies in Poland and one could mention many others. The ones are important. So don't think, oh, Great Commission, Mission Month, we're all being called to go here, there and everywhere. No, what we are called to do is to boldly witness to the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And let's not be afraid you know, we're, we're in a world that wants to compromise and wants to try and please everybody. And you, oh, you mustn't upset people. Well, let's upset people by the truth. The truth that Jesus Christ is the only saviour. You are not helping people by suggesting he's one of a number. We must share. Whatever the consequences, there's only one way to heaven, and it's Jesus. And we're all called to play our part. It might be a mum. I mean, the number of our boys that Elaine has prayed with 
as they've grown up to receive Jesus. They've asked her to. She hasn't forced it upon them. It's wonderful. We're all, we all can be soul winners. You don't have to go into vast crowds. You can pray for your family. I remember we, when we were living in Brighton, the lady next door to us, her daughter was a Christian and uh, mum hadn't given her life to Christ. And there was, we used to talk to her, witness, take a bit of shopping and all of that. And one day the opportunity came. She wanted to receive Jesus. And it was just so lovely to see Joan come to Christ. Not every neighbour next to us has come to Christ. But we do desire that everyone knows how they could be saved if they call upon the name of the Lord. May God bless you. Thank you.